This is the Ear Spoon. I am Fish. I'm Steve. And uh, once again, coming to you live from. Uh, it's, I was semi live. I mean, I mean we're, we're live, live when we're doing it. Hold on one second. Yeah. Pulse. Yeah, I'm, pulse. I'm alive. Are you? Right. Hold on. Pulse. Fair enough. There. there All right. Go. So hopefully, we're not dead by the time this comes onto the internet. So that we don't get sued for, uh, you know, lying. False advertisement. Speaking of which. Um, <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> no, no, I can't do it now. Now I have to move on to something. But uh, this is not false advertising. You can uh, download this podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you like the SoundCloud, you can get it there. Can uh, and should. Can and should. And the, the iTunes, uh, you can get it there. Or uh, or my dad's favorite place to do it, theearspoon.com. Brilliant. All right. Uh, the uh, pod is not possible. Without support from our uh, sponsors, one of which is Series Natural Remedies. I've heard of that. And uh, Mocha Joe's Coffee. Love them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just moved into their brand new spanking place, too. I know. That's a big deal. Super sexy. It was down there the other day. Anchor in the downtown. They really are. They yeah. uh, purchased an old building. And, uh, well, it's not old. I mean, it's new. It's just right. a, it's a, been, uh, I guess, a, a business moved out. And they moved in. They seized the moment. They carpe diem that thing. Yeah, they carpe diem the shit out of that. Yeah, they, <laughs> they did. Yeah. Speaking of carpe diem, let's... Uh, can't figure out a, any way to get Kavanaugh to rhyme with anything. So let's just talk Ooh, about that's him. a fun game. Yeah. Let's try <laughs> Kavanaugh. Uh, uh, Wichita Kavanaugh. Um, okay. There is there is a Twitter hashtag called Kavanope instead of Kavanaugh. Oh, I like that. Kavanope. Yeah. Yeah. I can work with that. It rhymes with cantaloupe. Right. <laughs> okay. So for let's see, we're we're here on a Monday, whatever the date mm-hmm. is. The seventeenth. Thank God. Thought yep. so. Uh, and now we've seen in, in the last few days that a woman, a named woman, has come forward. The thing that I and I, this is the stuff I'd like to stretch out on. Again, not about Kavanaugh in particular, but we have a a president who was in the throes of running uh, in the run up to the election, accused by how many women of being sexually inappropriate and claiming and boasting about sexual improprieties. And now he has nominated a man who has been charged with by a woman who has come yeah. forward with sexual assault on her back in uh, in high school and i guess i get to wondering not just about what the fuck is wrong with these people right. but what kind of party has the likes of roy moore and now kavanaugh donald trump and all the other predators not to leave out uh, what's his name anthony weiner and a few other creepy dems but yeah dems will creep into that but i mean where is the where is the moralist gop the the moralist republican party saying oh gosh we have an immoral president and bill clinton blah 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 you guys are fucking holding up you know predators basically supporting predators to the highest office in the judiciary so here's the thing i want to just point out real quick so we were about uh three minutes deep into the podcast about two minutes deep into our uh, pontificating uh and steve has already on the average have dropped one f-bomb per minute did i i'm proud of you son all right <laughs> no i don't it, it is that level of maddening i um yeah. i took uh and did you read the meme did you see the meme i created i did <laughs> all right the, the one where it's a picture of uh of kavanaugh and it says and when you're the potential scotus uh, you can do anything. You can grab them by the pussy. You don't. Uh, you can do anything. Anything you want to. Hell, you can even get a little rapey. 
And, mm. and you know that was just me, obviously, kind of mashing the two of those assholes together, right. and you know making it one big bag of bruised assholes. And with, with the quotes from, and my point was just that. Yeah. You know why are we surprised yeah. that Kavanaugh has been held up to uh, to to this level? No, I don't think that we are. Well, he's perjured himself at this point. I think demonstrably so. Yeah. That they're still calling for a vote on Thursday is shocking to me. But again, the Republican Senate, especially, but the Republicans all around D.C. have to sign on to this sort of stuff. They would have been the first ones pounding on the door of any administration that tried to put forward a, 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 a potential nominee like this, a potential Supreme Court justice. They would have lost their minds completely, and now they rationalize the worst behaviors, and at the same time not giving uh, 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 credence to the woman who has come forward at great risk yeah. with much reluctance. Yes. With a track record of 16 years she's been talking about this in therapy and other places, passed a lie detector test. So who's lying? The woman who's risking everything or Kavanaugh? Yeah. And, and you know, we can go right back to the whole uh, Anita Hill trials yeah. and all of you that and, and, and that, that railroading. And my wife said something interesting about that the other day. She really feels as though that that we won't allow an Anita Hill to happen a second time around. And, you know, I get it. When you desperately don't want the likes of Donald flipping Trump Mm. selecting life appointments to the Supreme Court forever changing, forever, at least in my lifetime and Mm -hmm. in yours, I I don't fully expect to live uh, much beyond 100 with the way I'm going. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, we're looking at a 40-year appointment here with Kavanaugh, right? right. I mean, right. right? Well, and it's not just about the concerns around <coughs> women's uh, reproductive rights. It's other things as well. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the, you know, sort of a lock in the door of fascism and totalitarian rule. They're trying to control and affect and skew the court more so than uh, appoint somebody who is balanced, judicious, sensible, Neutral and whatever happened to neutral judges? Why are we electing liberal or conservative judges for any reason? But that's another podcast. Well, I mean, I, idealistic um, in an idealistic world, the SCOTUS is that person who is neither democratic or republic and right. just follows the letter to right. the law. Right. But we all know that that it's just not possible that your emotions take control you know it's why people flip out in the streets it's why they they punch people because they're they they just become not rational people and they swing and they punch and they kick and they scream till they get what they want and i don't think that doesn't matter how well educated you are you're at risk of behaving like that even if you are being selected to the supreme court justice uh to to be a supreme court justice right so now Here's the one thing that has come to light that I find sort of odd, if we could just focus on it, that all of a sudden now the rape charge has been thrown out there and this dossier of 65 women. The next day. The next day. (laughs) I know. Well, apparently what I was reading today is they've known about this since July and had already done the research, found – there was a great tweet. Somebody said, so let me get this right. So the charge – so the charges are levied, and within 24 hours, they have the names of everybody from way back then, 30-something years ago, women whose names have, in many cases, changed due to marriage and changing of the name. Yeah. And they've tracked them all down and got you know, sworn affidavits from each of them. What kind of Supreme Court nominee needs people to say, nope, he didn't rape me? Right. 
it it is odd. I find it odd. I don't know if it's typical part of the vetting process that we've never had to. Maybe it was something when uh, when Clarence Thomas was was uh, put into the Supreme Court that they said. So listen, everybody that comes across, we need at least sixty five people says they didn't do nothing <laughs> right, bad. Right. You know, because we can't go through that again because that was a circus. I remember when that unfolded. I do too. And that was a circus. A lot of the it was the first time clicking on the TV that I heard very uncomfortable things to listen to as as, right. as a child. Right, Not right. A child. I mean, I was a I was a you know a young man, but y- you know what I'm saying. I mean, it was just like wow. Oh my God, they're they're talking about putting pubic hair on a on a soda. I know. Who does that? Well, let's remember. I, mean, I don't do that. Have I ever done that? No, I've never done that. <laughs> Not consciously. Uh, but this is also a time the Democrats controlled both houses of Congress right. when Clarence Thomas was going through there. And what we've come across, come to realize these many years later is Anita Hill is telling the truth. Yeah. And that man sits on the Supreme Court to this day. So, and why is that? Is there no, it's just, I mean. Is it, it's, he could be uh, impeached. I mean, look, they took, did, didn't they take O.J. Simpson's Hall of Fame thing away from him? <laughs> there you go. You know, I mean, so yeah, they, you can, you can, you, you get a do-over. Right. Yeah, one would think. But no, this is a culture that it's both titillated and offended by anything that is of a prurient nature, whether it's sexual assault or sex or what have you. Mm-hmm. And, this, you know, the difficulty with this is there are many ways to knock Kavanaugh out just based on perjury. Yet here's a salacious and, in my view, a substantive and believable story of his character. If at 17 you need to be told, don't do that. I won't describe what he did. It can be found anywhere on the Internet. Right. But if – these allegations are true. As a, I was a 17-year-old, oh, my God. <laughs> the idea of, like, I, was, I wouldn't even, even just say something and be like, excuse me, you know. But if you have to be told to get off of someone, and, you, again, I don't really feel like going into the details. Right. Of it, no, no, no. I but get it, it says a lot about your character. And this prep boy thing and his buddy, I forget his buddy's name, was getting called out a lot, too. I mean, this is predacious. This is, these are, are predators of sorts. And now we want him to sit on the highest court in the land and make decisions of, of great nuance and sophistication. I don't think so. No, it, we, we clearly don't. And the thing that amazes me are the amount of insensitive memes oh, that, have, ha, that have popped yeah. up and, and just started being circulated around. And, you know, they just... Ah oh, man, I I'm trying to literally as I'm as I'm talking to you, scrolling through my phone, trying to find the one that I really felt was. Well, did uh, you see the guy yesterday on Twitter doxed? You know, doxing this no. term. Doxing is to release someone's home address, phone numbers, and important you know intimate information onto the internet, oh. to so people will will terrorize them. Nice. And this the one reason this woman didn't come forward was because she didn't want to be identified and didn't want ramifications. And now this person in clear violation of Twitter policy, uh, put all of her number, all of her information, personal information up for anyone to call her, you know, or, or show up at her house. Like, really, dude? This woman is, is describing being a victim of, of invasive actions, and this is how you choose to respond in support of your moral president. Yeah. Right? Nice shooting. No, they, but they, they, we're no longer there. We're not at this place. I'm, I'm trying to find this... Thing it was basically a meme. It was a quick meme saying, "Yeah, now it's real convenient that uh, a couple of days before uh, before they vote on him, that they, this lady pops up for something he did in high school. It's rape." Yeah, we're gonna call that. Go ahead and call that rape. Dude. Yeah, we're you gonna know. call that rape. It's right. not you know. It's not like he he. Uh, he stole pencils from the supply closet. <laughs> no. All right. No. You and know. again, we there th- we've. 
I, I wish I could think of the I see too many really clever things on the internet. I wish I could claim them as mine, but I can't. Well, if you go to our Instagram account, you will see super clever things there. Oh. This is this is my this is my favorite. The what how WTF is he doing? <laughs> That's a great shot. Yeah. So uh, the meme I just showed him is uh, one that you'll find <laughs> at the Earspoon uh, Instagram account. Uh, it's uh, the four presidents: Carter, Clinton, Obama, and uh, and and W, kind of looking up and and. To, to the to the left a little bit straight up and it's WTF <laughs> what is he doing <laughs> you know, so uh, you know they, there's just a lot of meme worthy things out there that are very funny they're uh, funny but I mean we're in the land of absurd so things that would otherwise be horrifying you know the only res- only response left is to is to laugh in an almost maniacal mm-hmm. manic-y kind of way um, here's a good one uh, from Lawrence Duca I don't know who that is or Lauren Duca it seems to me that uh when, that when Brett Kavanaugh attempted to deny a 17-year-old immigrant an abortion, which he did as a judge, he believed that the decisions you make as a minor ought to have lifelong consequences. Let's treat him the same way. So, <laughs> so boom. Yeah. You know, and that's same kind of same kind of idea. Here's another one. I mean, who are you supposed to believe? A woman who risked everything to expose the worst moment of her, of her life uh, or the guy who spent the last week lying to the Senate? Boom. Yeah, but you know it, it, it's all in what it, it's it's all in what lever you pulled right. when you went into the uh, in, into your election style booth. I've been saying this right? for twenty something years. It's not team sports, people. Yeah. It's not my team, your team. You are you are the decisions that you make when you head into the polls mm. are decisions that could impact you greatly. And I and I was having that conversation with just somebody today. Mm-hmm about the power of the vote and how it really does need to be restored to something that should be credible. And if you're a Democrat, fine. If you're a Republican, fine. But why are you a Democrat? Why are you voting? I'm, I'm neither, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but you know but you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's yeah. really all you get to choose from. There's the occasional independent and progressive person out there. Well, here in Vermont, the Progressive yeah. Party is an official recognized party. <laughs> Represented by the moose, I must say. There you go. But progressive, I mean, again, I think one of the things that's missing in this country and why it's part, you know, partly why it's insane is because grown-up countries can do more than two parties. We do dualism. We do either or, black, white. Yeah. We don't do subtlety. We don't do shades. We don't – and instant runoff voting. If we were actually able to vote in a way that picked first, second, third tier candidates, we would get a much more accurate reflection of the will of the people. But instead, it's people will vote against somebody by right. voting for someone they don't like and, and in, those sorts of things. And instead of that, we're left trying to figure out what the fuck gerrymandering is. Oh, my God. So don't even. Yeah. So, you know, so here we are talking about, again, all of it. All the thread seems to go through all things. But while we're talking about Supreme Court politics, and we are, this is an attempt by, I would say, the, the right wing conservative types to force their will on the country, much like Brett Kavanaugh. Much like the president, much like these will-forcing, rapacious assholes. Yes. And so this, you know, we've got to stop abortion. We've got to make the world more, you know, make it make the country great again or make it backwards again. They want to impose their will, you know, the, the white male patriarchal frame on everything and everyone. And this is where we're stuck because this is not natural. Well, I tell you what, let's uh, let's take a break here because we got to thank our sponsor, Series Natural Remedies. Thanks, and Mocha Joe's. Thanks. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have Tom Tom Squitteri 
from uh, Talk Sweet Media. Sweet <laughs> he's, he's a nice uh, time boy, I think. All right. Uh, and he's, he's coming in from uh, Talk Media News, and we're going to drill it a little bit deeper because he's right inside the beltway. All right. So he's going to know stuff that we don't know here. He knows where the bodies are buried. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're all buried in the swamp. <laughs> I think they've come back to life. <laughs> More at the earspoon.com. One of our favorite things to do while we're doing the podcast, mm-hmm. drink Mocha Joe's coffee. We really need to get a sound effects library. <laughs> All right, but that was inadequate, but it was real. It was real. Authentic. And Mocha Joe's uh, has, has started here in our little hamlet of Brattleboro, Vermont, in yes. the late 80s and yes. has boomed. And they uh, they do all kinds of great uh, products and just have swag. You can go to their website, mochajoes.com, order coffee by the pound. Uh, and we uh, we eat it by the pound here. We do. I don't. I prefer just to eat the beans straight. Straight. No, a crunchy, not a little true. bit. One of my favorite things about Mocha Joe's is mm. the fact that they support the the farmer. Yeah, you know they really do. They have the fair trade coffees that they they go after all the time. They're constantly uh, traveling around and yeah. And I gotta say that I mean that's one of the first places I ever heard of the term fair trade. When I first got here twenty years ago, they were talking about this well before I think a lot of other people. I and mean, certainly it's now quite a thing. But being hip to how you supply your people and your your customers and caring at all and. Also, I mean, it ultimately winds up being a good economic choice, but they're just—it's the rightest thing to do, and 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 farmers get kind of screwed, and Mocha Joe's makes sure that they don't. That's right, and it's one of the reasons why uh, we just love having them as part of the podcast, and uh, hope to have them for years to come. Amen. So go check it out, MochaJoe's.com. If you live uh, here locally, of course, you just stop down at the little cafe. That's one of the coolest shops in town. Definitely is. Ceres Natural Remedies offers New England's largest selection of CBD products for health and wellness. With over 60 brands, we represent all methods of CBD delivery, including extracts, capsules, edibles, vape, topical, body care, and beverage products infused with hemp. We bring together artisanal quality and science-based healing. Experience the healing benefits of CBD for people and pets. Visit us in Brattleboro or at our flagship store, 190 College Street, Burlington. More at theearspoon.com. Welcome back to the pod. I am Fish. I'm Steve. And uh, joining us via the telephone device. Have you seen these things? It's a nice device. They're amazing. It's amazing. You could call your mom on one of these I things. I think I will. Hang on a second. All right. It's, uh, it's uh, joining us on the pod is Tom Squiteri from Talk Media News. Uh, and I guess the only thing still left to talk about is how we started, where uh, we're talking about Brett Kavanaugh, and Kavanaugh seems to be the dish of the day. He's the issue, he is the issue of the day and probably the week. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the news keeps coming pretty fast today. Uh, President Trump said a few, like an hour or so ago, that uh, he hadn't talked to Kavanaugh about these allegations. He, he thinks that he's, a, I'm paraphrasing the president, he thinks he's a fine individual. And that, however, the, the woman who's making the accusations deserves and needs to be heard. So the White House is on board. Kellyanne Conway said something similar earlier today. The White House is on board with that message that the woman has to be heard uh, respectfully and fully. And so uh, where that puts the committee now, which had scheduled a vote on his nomination, the Judiciary Committee, on Thursday, they have to have either delay it uh, so they can talk to her and to Kavanaugh again, who also wants to go before the committee again to talk about the allegation, or try to have a hearing uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, 
for both uh, the accuser and uh, Kavanaugh. So, Tom, let me just ask you this question. Does it, does it just, that message, what you just basically said, and I know you were just paraphrasing the president, which is probably just not a bad way to do the president anyway. Always par- paraphrase the president. <laughs> Always paraphrase the president. <laughs> um, was, it just seems like this is a shift in in the previous thinking, which is just ramrod it and tweet about it and accept it and pass them. And why all of a sudden now do we think that the 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 White House administration is basically no 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 we think she should be heard? What's the thinking there? Well, this yeah, this is my observation, and it's not based on any deep reporting. I want to say that to to you guys and any and your listeners. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple reasons why. One is that uh, it's pretty close to the November election. And uh, the, the, the idea that the Republicans are ramming through a nomination that of, of an individual that could have something in his past that hasn't come out before would not sit well with some voters in key swing states, particularly some female voters. That's one thinking. Second is you may not be able to get that thing through, that nomination through right at this moment. You've had a couple senators, Republican senators, um, Jeff Flake of Arizona, Susan Collins of Maine, Bob Corker of Tennessee, among others, who have said, we need to at least slow it down to hear this all out. And in Blake's case, he says he's reconsidering, he would could reconsider his support for the nomination. So, you know, the Republicans have that narrow edge in the Senate, and you lose one or two members uh, of your party, that nomination doesn't get approved. If, if that's considering all Democrats vote against can, can I throw in one other possible variable that I think also has significance and more cultural than political, but the presence and the impact of the Me Too movement going back to before Al Franken and, and yeah. to the early days of it ha- is making its mark and is affecting the cultural dialogue about whether or not or how we believe and support victims of sexual predation and crimes of this nature. So a woman who otherwise might have been, you know, like we look at Anita Hill, my God, if, if, if that yeah. was on the other side of the Me Too movement, Clarence Thomas would not be on the Supreme Court. So I think the, the Me Too That's movement right. as a so variable I, I, I is massive. On that. I think the Me Too movement has, has had an impact on this as well. And I think that reflects in the language that the president is using. Uh, he hasn't trash talked her or any of his cabinet has trash talked her. Uh, I think that that's really interesting, giving his propensity on Twitter, as we know, and, and others. Right. So I think you're absolutely correct that the Me Too movement has is part of this mix right now that in, has an impact on the way all the parties are operating. Right. So the idea that the, the pussy grabber in chief, in chief has, is in full support of Kavanaugh still doesn't shock any of us, I suppose. Uh, well, I, I tend to think it's more that he supports a nominee he made. Uh, right. And right. What, you know, you, people can draw their own deductions on whether the behavior attributed to the president and that attributed to Kavanaugh are from the same locker room or not, you know. But <laughs> right. I, I think right. actually, that, you know, he, he's just not, I think an more overwhelming part of the president's nature and behavior is that he doesn't like to lose. And so he's backing a nominee he thinks can still prevail. He also is backing a nominee that has already ruled in the past and, and expressed his legal opinion that you can't indict a sitting president. And I'm sure that factors in somewhere there yeah. as well. That's probably part of the calculation. Yeah. So, Tom, let me ask you this. <laughs> and we, we were we were chatting a little bit about this um, before we brought you onto the program. Um, this 
list of 65 women <laughs> that basically say, nope, he didn't rape me, um, that popped up. Oh, well, I mean, what is all that about? Is this is this a standard thing when you're vetting a, a scar? Preston on this. Why didn't they tell anyone else about it? I don't. I think other people knew about it, and I, I think that the, the fact that you have these 65 women who are coming out in support of Kavanaugh shows that the, the Republicans or his supporters, let's put it that way, knew about these allegations and were prepared to face them down as they are now with these 65 women or so, and they had them ready to go. Okay, so they knew about it in the past as well. That tells me a couple things, that the timing of this, it, why now, the Feinstein did not withhold it from the Republicans, because obviously supporters of Kavanaugh knew about it and they were ready for this, as we just said. Um, was it leaked to the Washington Post in order to to get a story which the Post did and then start the cycle, which has started now? Mm. That's a tactic that somebody chose to use. I don't necessarily attribute that to the Democrats per se. Mm-hmm. I do, you know, I could, there could be other people who want to have this woman's story out to sabotage the, the nomination, who may be Democrats, who may not be. Uh, but I think that you pointed out the 65 just don't happen overnight. That they either had been spoken to or they were already on speed dial talk to. Yeah. But hmm. to think about how craven and cynical that must be, my God. Well, you know, someone's accused of murder and they say, well, well he, he didn't murder these 65 women, so therefore. Yeah, I think, and I, gotta, I haven't run this down, so I, I'm saying the following with, you know, taking it with a grain of salt is that I believe Kavanaugh went to a high school here in the D.C. area. It's an all-boys high school, okay? Mm-hmm. So when I hear about 65 or 60 women who went to high school with him, I, I, you know, again, you, you, that means you were the same age as him and knew him in high school. It doesn't necessarily mean you went to high school with him. Now, yeah, it's a really good point. The high school that he went to, they'd have mixers with girls' high school, so maybe that's the way they knew them, and I'm not. I just said, you know, I'm, I'm such a stickler for, for details like this. That okay, you knew him in high school. You're his same age. You're the same, you know, grade uh, range. But no, how do you really know somebody in high school unless you're with them every day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it's just one more part of the whole system that's taken over Washington over the last decade or so. The the, poli- the politicalizing of, of Supreme Court and justice nominations um, overall from the very beginning. You know, was that hearing really to change anybody's mind? Uh, you know, I sort of asked rhetorically. Or were people using that hearing to make their own points? Right. I don't know. And and we live in this age now, and, and I, I have been saying this since uh, since the 2016 election that I'm out of the prediction business. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't make it. I, I just don't make them anymore. I just you know, there's nothing. Uh, what was up is now down. What was blue is now red. We're left here wondering what the hell is going to happen on Thursday. And again, let me just reiterate: I am out of the prediction business, but that doesn't mean I'm not willing to put you on the spot. <laughs> Okay. Congratulations. Congratulations, well, Tom. Uh, that's fine. You know, I, I, I'm like you. I rarely make predictions. I, I think the last time I actually, especially when I'm not deeply covering a story and, and talking to people who may give me some good guidance, the last time I made a prediction, I was covering President Clinton's impeachment, and this is I was on a show. We were talking about it before the House voted, and I was pretty spot on on that because I was living that story 724 right and you know we're talking to people who would getting temperatures check the temperatures i'm not doing that for this story yeah. but I, i'll sort of step back and t- tell you my guess would be that if there 
there's three possible routes, okay, three and a half, okay, but one is nothing happens. In other words, no more hearings, nothing, and they take a vote on Thursday. Right. Or you have you, you have a hearing with the accuser, and you have a hearing again with Kavanaugh, and then they take a vote, okay? Or they punt on Thursday and d- delay it either indefinitely or set a time down the road so they can have a hearing and perhaps a, a more thorough investigation of the allegations. So let's take the last one first, and they delay on that, and let's just say they'll delay it till after the November election, okay? That gives, that gives investigators two months to uh, figure out what the story is, and then they can come back, and then it matters then if the Republicans are still controlling the Senate after the election or not. Mm-hmm. If they are, uh, you know, depending on the outcome of the investigation, uh, Kavanaugh will be voted on and approved, or if the investigation is bad, he'll probably withdraw his name. So, so Trump doesn't have a defeat. If the Democrats win the Senate in November, that means the lame duck session. And it's always the lame duck session, but mm-hmm. the lame duck session with the Republicans on their way out of power in the center, that would change the dynamics a lot because the Democrats most likely would want to stall until they can get somebody else that they think is a better nominee. That's scenario, broad scenario number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the uh, hearings delayed. Before the election, everything I said before still kind of holds, except then people are voting with their eyes to the election, you know, in, in a week or two. So that may impact some of the vote in the Senate. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. Second scenario, first scenario, when nothing changes, no hearings, and they go vote, I think if, if they take a vote on Thursday, um, he has trouble getting out of committee, okay? I think that uh, there's, there's at least, you know, one vote. Collins isn't on the committee, but Blake is. So, you know, if he, it's, it's 11 to 10, I think the edge was just a one-vote Republican edge on that committee. So if Flake decides to vote against them, that means they have to report the nomination out unfavorably, or they just skip the committee and try to take it straight to the floor. That's scenario number one. You have scenario number three. Scenario number two, I'm going to completely pass on because I have no idea what what she would say before the Senate committee and how that's received, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if you have the two hearings, uh, the two, you know, you talk to Kavanaugh, I talk to the accuser, and you have the vote on Thursday. Uh, I'm, you know, I would hold judgment on that until I can even have an idea. You know, she has to be, you know, and I don't want to keep in her accusations, but I can't think of a better metaphor right now. You know, in pro football, they have, you, you can throw the thing out to challenge an officiating call. And the announcers almost always on television, they always say, you have to have sort of overwhelming evidence to overturn the call on the field. Right. So I think that I just like using sports analogies in anything, but especially in a serious accusation like this. Nevertheless, I shall, because I think that is probably the case that if she has to be able to convince enough people that what she says is true and what he says is not. Yeah. Interesting. And so, I, I mean, it, 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 the onus is kind of on her at this point. Now, it, whether that's fair or not, other people can debate. I'm just trying to respond to your question to me. Well, no, I mean, you know what? That was uh, that that gave me a lot to chew on right there. For there sure. Was, yeah, there was. I mean, because when I say I'm out of the prediction business, I just I, I don't I don't give the explanation that you gave. I just said, nope, I'm not guessing. Right, right. <laughs> you no, know, but at least <laughs> at least yeah. you so, had a little more substance behind your behind your nope. I guess. Tom, can I stretch? Yeah, it out? I wanna, also, I want to thank. That's very kind of you, but I, I want to say one more thing. Yeah. I forget which one of you gentlemen said this, but you know, you're not in the prediction business. There's so many things have changed. Since 10 years ago, let alone 15, 20 years ago. And so I, everything I say, I say with the realization that it's so different in Washington this year and last year 
has ever been. And I've been reporting here for a long time. Right. And, you know, predicting anything down to election, it looks like it should be one way or the other to vote. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really fraught with risk. Can I ask you a question, Tom, just to stretch out the, this a little bit? Although, obviously, these charges and this story that this woman has brought forward to, you know, with some resistance to bring it forward and, and to lose her anonymity, I mean, that that's a game changer for sure. But prior to that, our senator here in Vermont, Senator Leahy, among others, had pinned Kavanaugh down into what could arguably be perjury at points. Is that a non-starter? Are we only going for salacious charges and perjury is not really a game changer? I don't. I don't think it is a game changer in the atmosphere now because the public generally want to get the nominated through. You know? It's a judge. I mean, it's a judge lying. I, <laughs> you know, it's like so. The, what troubles me know, is I, like I remember. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember Senator Leahy. One of the first Senate hearings I covered was a nomination of someone, a gentleman from North Carolina who was nominated to be a, a federal judge. Mm. Okay, and uh, I believe it was Senator Leahy who kind of led the opposition. Uh, on the committee too, I'm asking kind of questions and stuff like that. And I remember that the, the dynamics of that hearing, that that individual eventually was not approved by the committee or the Senate. And and it was very interesting to me that, wow, this system kind of works. You yeah. know, not that I was for or against the nominee. Yeah. It's that issues that were raised and debated in the committee meant something. And I go back to what I said earlier, it's a whole different world now. And Oy. it's sad that if an issue of perjury of someone, anyone, let alone a law enforcement agent, which a judge is, right. uh, you can't explain possible perjury. That would be reason to raise questions about him or her, I would think. But it's a, it, it's a pass. Also, What's disturbing to me is, as a person who came to political awakening as a 12 or 13-year-old in Watergate, uh, and watching this happen, the mechanisms of government said, hey, you people were caught doing bad things, and therefore we're going to, to use this neutrally applied uh, governmental structure to say, you're going to jail, you're out of the presidency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So fast forward to now 2018, and we've got a, an utter like crumbling of those institutions, and an ab, you know, uh, people are pushing against that and trying to crush these institutions. So, Tom, if you wouldn't mind speaking to that, like this is a moment where perjury happens in the Senate Judiciary, and it gets a pass, and that person may become a Supreme Court justice will, who will potentially change a lot of really important tenets in the country. Thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I think my thoughts on that are, are extrapolated to thoughts in general about how uh, all the scars and problems that we have in this country have been exacerbated over the last couple of years. Uh, they started when President Obama was in office, and it under, under it showed the racism in the country that's mm. deeper than a lot of people believed and understood, and that sort of caused that anger to boil and bubble, and now it exploded when President Trump, during his campaign and his election, to, whether he's doing it deliberately or not, he's given a voice and an encouragement to those people who really don't have the values of this country uh, on, about democracy and civil, civil discourse and other things that keep us unique and strong in the world. Um, the whole thing, I've been a reporter now all my life since, since college, and, you know, I really believe in the free press. I think how being in other countries where you don't see it, how crucial it is, and there's brave reporters who try in those other countries. Um, when I see the hatred now uh, toward reporters, because people just need someone to hate, okay, and reporters are easy targets because they make a lot of silly and stupid mistakes, which is on us, but uh, we still are professionals on this. And there's not just one voice with the truth. The whole fake news thing is so calibrated 
to drive people away from the media because then you only listen to one person, one voice, one version of what's happening. And President Trump, uh, it's been documented, the falsehoods he says, whether he says them deliberately or not, it's not relevant. It is relevant, but the fact is they're not accurate. And so people hear this and believe it. Uh, it's, it just astounds me when I, when I listen to people or, or read stuff on Facebook about how people cannot say, bring themselves to say, uh, people who fire, they go low, we go lower type of thing. And all that does is add to the civil war aspects of the, dividing the country. Perfect recipe to lose more democratic rights because then those in power say, why well, we have to do this to keep the country together. And that's how it, start, that's how it continues. Well, I think that's a. So I, I didn't address your question directly about plagiar uh, uh, on um, perjury on uh, lie perjury yeah. on the committee, but you know you think about what happened when President Nixon was in office and when was Republican leadership went to him and said it's time for you to leave. They went. They saw he had done something wrong and how it was damaging the country. Mm-hmm. Now, one can ask: Is what President Trump doing damaging the country? I would say it does in many ways different than what President Nixon's activities were doing. I can't foresee a time when Republicans in Congress would ever go to President Trump and say, you know what, this has to stop or you have to leave. Uh, they're just so happy to have a Republican in the White House. Oh, that God. They, they think they can manage it and get reelected. God. Yeah, well, I guess uh, I guess we're going to find out in the midterms how, how true, to, true to form that yeah. is. I think it's a live or die moment for the country, personally. It, it truly is. Hey, Tom, I want to thank you for jumping on the podcast with us today. Truly appreciate it. Sure, yeah. You're welcome. Great yeah. meeting you guys. All right. Again. Good to meet you. Thanks. We'll talk again. Um, yeah, no, Tom is definitely on his game and uh, gave me a lot to think about that I hadn't ever yeah. considered, for sure. I like, And one of the things, and, and I, I'm glad he threw in props for journalism and reporters in general, in the age of fake news, we know personally, and a lot of other people who we know by reputation, if not for journalists, the fourth estate, the only industry recognized in the Constitution, we'd be screwed. Yeah. And people are doing the work, and they frame things in a way that makes it digestible and understandable, and you just provide facts and the neutrality of facts and let people draw their own conclusions. Unless, of course, you're state-run TV and Fox News. Those guys. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate uh, Tom uh, Squitary jumping on the program. He's from Talk Media News, uh, clearly in the know. Enjoyed that conversation thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. Helped me, me understand a lot of the, uh, the, 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 the navigation that needs to go on. When you have a SCOTUS on the POTUS <laughs> and... What? Oh, there's what? your rumor. Hey, we want to thank... <laughs> We want to thank Series Natural Remedies. Uh, no amount of CBDs will fix what's going on inside no. the Beltway, but damn it, it will outside you. the Beltway. <laughs> right. And, uh, of course, nice. Mocha Joe's Coffee for sponsoring the pod. Nice. I've been Fish. I'm Steve. You can download this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, as always, you can go to theearspoon.com, and we'll talk to you next week. Cheers. This is Earspoon, your home for the shit you're thinking anyway. Wow.